0: Hi Steph, how are you? I'm good, how are you doing? I'm good, It um I had a good fourth, and good. my sister's here visiting from California, oh, so that's, that's great. Oh, that's so yep. fun, oh,
1: <laughs> you guys are going to get in so much trouble.
0: Yeah, it's good, but I'm still, even though she's in her 60s and I'm in my 50s, I'm still the baby, the annoying baby sister. <laughs> you're like, what are we going to do next?
1: What are we going to do
0: now? <laughs> and you're paying for it, right? Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> so true how's your summer it's been good it's been really good it's been busy um Mm -hmm. working and then you know the kids all have stuff and yeah it's crazy but good and you just came back from vacation everybody missed you so much
0: it was really good though my head's in a really good place now so that's good for the summer for like heading back
1: into it full force right full force i know it's how it is and we're in a heat wave right now which is also really fun it is really fun.
0: My dogs and my cat are just, they're all just sprawled out.
1: I know. I it's actually, you know, I have two golden retrievers, so I I feel a little bad because I'm like, oh, you don't need as much walking <laughs> or energy because yeah it's exactly so hot outside. Exactly. I'm feeling a little bit like guilty yep. about that. But exactly. you know, it's fun. So we have a great episode. Uh we yes can, uh talked to Mindy um who is running our new Pathways to Excellence program and she comes and talks to us. She's such a wealth of knowledge about it, and I just and so much energy. I can't.
2: I agree. Away. And I
0: think it's this is particularly interesting because it's really nurse driven by nurses um, <laughs> because we are so directly patient facing, obviously, but probably the most frequently patient facing individuals in the hospital. And so I love the fact that this is a nurse driven program. Yep.
1: Yep. And of course, it's, uh, I really am. Um, excited because I'm hearing a lot of different things happening and a lot of people are being involved with it. And I think we're kind of now that not that COVID is completely over, but we have moved mm-hmm. in a direction where I really feel like people are becoming more engaged again. People are feeling, I'm hoping, starting to feel a little bit less burnout about yep. um, all of the things that are happening in our world. And so, yeah, I think it's a really exciting time. And I think Mindy's the perfect person
0: to. Help lead this initiative. Yep. I agree. And then we talked to Mike Kenny. Mike is a nurse near and dear to both mine and Steph's heart because we've known him since he, he was, was a baby before. nurse. <laughs> a baby <laughs> nurse.
1: <laughs> before, um, before he even
0: knew he wanted to be a nurse, actually. Exactly. And um <laughs> he's become this fantastic nurse and resource for the hospital. Yep,
1: and so we talk about his new role and what that looks like and what that means to Night Shift, which I think is really exciting. It's a, uh, it's a fun interview because we love him so much.
0: Yeah, we do love him.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's what we have next in line. Yay, yay, yeah, and I think we have a few more episodes in the queue, so stay, stay tuned. Here. Stay tuned.
0: As always, please reach out if you have ideas or thoughts or want to be On our podcast, we are always excited to interview new people and keep things and topics fresh for nursing at the hospital.
1: That's right. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Leslie. Thanks, Steph. All right. Bye. Bye. Welcome.
2: Welcome. Thank you.
1: Good to see you. I think probably uh, if there's not a nurse that doesn't know who you are at this point, that they're living under a rock because <laughs> <laughs> you are everywhere right now it's excellent oh um, so you cool. have um I just want to give you a shout out to about all the nurses week stuff it's really fabulous it's been fab yeah. I mean, we cooked
0: breakfast this morning though down in, yes. know, in EP2 I but Melinda why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself anyway for those of
2: I know I've been trying really hard to reach everyone and make lots of connections lots of new friends but I'm very grateful to be here. So um, you can find me in Outlook under Melinda Paris or Schmidt. Um, I go by Mindy. So I spent the last 21 years doing direct care nursing. I was doing 11 years in orthopedics, both inpatient and outpatient. And then the last 10 years in neonatal ICU. And I took over um, this new role in January, uh, being a clinical nurse project manager. And the project I'm in charge of currently, working alongside Betsy Hassan, our director of nursing education, is our Pathway to Excellence program, all about nursing satisfaction, engagement, and well-being. And so I've had an amazing opportunity to participate in putting together Nurses Week and working on the pathway designation and the journey. So that is where I'm at at the moment.
1: Awesome, so give us just a quick overview of what
2: Pathways is to those living under a rock and haven't heard
0: about it.
1: (laughs) I know,
2: I've been trying to put it everywhere. So the Pathway to Excellence designation is it lives under the ANCC umbrella. So ANCC is the um, American Nurse Credentialing Center. That may or may not be the right (laughs) words to go with it, but that's basically what they do. They're in charge of designating magnet status to hospitals as well. So magnet and pathway to excellence are sort of sister designations. The magnet designation has a central focus on outcomes. Whereas the Pathway to Excellence designation has a central focus on a positive practice environment. So about a year ago, I learned about the Pathway to Excellence program through the uh, director of the program, Christine Pabico. And I thought, this is an amazing program. Who wouldn't want to adopt a framework that focuses on nursing satisfaction, engagement, and well-being? I learned more about it. I talked to our chief nursing officer, Peg Gagne. I talked to our director of nursing education, Betsy Hassan, and a team of us were fortunate um, to go to the Magnet and Pathway Conference in October and learn more about this and see if it's the right fit for us. And our nursing leadership really feels like this is exactly what our institution needs right now is a program and a framework that is evidence-based to really support nurses not just supporting nurses in one aspect of the practice, but in many. There are six pillars that uplift sort of that Pathway to Excellence framework, and those are leadership, well-being, quality, safety, professional development, and shared decision-making. And the Pathway framework tells us that you can't just be excellent in one of those areas. You need Mm -hmm. to focus on all of those things, and that that is what will really provide the most engaging, fulfilling nursing career for your staff, help improve retention, and make for a very thorough, sustainable, positive practice environment. So that's what the Pathway to Excellence designation is all about, is supporting our nurses and providing a really robust foundation um, to make it an amazing place to be for everyone.
0: That's a really good overview. (laughs) Yes, that was really good.
1: (laughs) Um, And I think a lot of people have questions about, you know, magnet now? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that oh. look like? And also, you know, I think what thing something that I've learned is that you do these things and the outcomes also improve. And yeah. Is that correct? So like, you know, yeah. if, if magnet is kind of focused on the outcome piece, this actually kind of ties in together.
2: You're a hundred percent right, Steph. So part of what's so amazing about the pathway program and actually why many institutions are sort of shifting gears even if they're magnet designated they're also pursuing this designation and others that were on the magnet journey like ourselves have kind of re um you know re reassessed and decided that this was a good place to start um and that is because exactly like you said there's so much data that supports if you have a positive practice environment and you have engaged, fulfilled nursing staff that are not burnt out, that feel fulfilled in their profession, that feel that sense of purpose, that love the work they do, that are supported in pursuing quality improvement initiatives within their specialty, that are able to grow professionally and obtain meaningful leadership roles those institutions, the patient outcomes organically improve. They mm-hmm. see marked decreases in all of the nursing sensitive indicators like Caudis, Clapsies, falls, pressure injuries. Yep. And part of the reason it makes sense to all of us is that your direct care nurses, your end users of the nursing process are the real innovators. Like they are the ones who know the solution. I just listened to a podcast the other day that shared that your average nurse operationalizes around 27 workarounds per shift. That, of course, that makes perfect sense because nurses know what's wrong and they know how to fix it. So, the pathway journey and the framework is really about saying, like, we acknowledge and validate your expertise, and we're here to bring your knowledge forward and not make these things a workaround. We're here to make these things a practice change because you're ultimately the expert in your area. And so, with Magnet, we truthfully actually have really decent outcomes already here at this institution. So, we, in, in that way, if we were just looking at outcomes, our institution's already well positioned to achieve a magnet status, but the, the things that we were not excelling in as much was that nursing engagement piece. And so we have seen organizations that have adopted the pathway to excellence framework who have seen their vacancy rates go to less than 1%. Because once you become an amazing place to work, word gets out and people understand, I want to come work there. They treat their nurses amazing. They have all this opportunity for growth. They, you know, are so fulfilled in their lives. They have great work-life balance
0: it's not just talk, it's action, right? Like, so Absolutely. we can say whatever we want, but if we're not seeing it happen, and if 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 it's not actually happening where boots are on the ground, and I think what you're saying brings me to a thought around, um, which I love, the sixth pillar of shared leadership. I think it's Fair really, and I think anything, it's what yeah. you're talking about, I think it's really, really important to pull nurses that are at chair side, bedside doing the work um face to face with the patient into the decision making process because otherwise we end up making decisions that don't make sense. Therefore make sense. we have workarounds. Waste right, time, that don't waste
2: money. Yep. Frustrates your nursing staff when you're adopting yep. a new technology or a new practice that doesn't dive yep. with your everyday real life scenarios. Right.
0: And it doesn't and it won't get adopted.
2: It won't, should it really. it'll become a workaround <laughs> right exactly
0: so it'll become um, a
2: workaround yeah i think part of what i do love also about the pathway program different from magnet is that if an organization wants to pursue magnet they you know write this lengthy document that says all the ways they meet the magnet um criteria and in the end you know and the and the organization the um designating organization C looks at their outcomes and looks at their metrics And then in order to get that final designation, they get a site visit from, you know, the magnet um, appraisers. And that's what determines whether they're um, designated magnet or not. With Pathway to Excellence, we still write that lengthy document. We still have to find evidence of how University of Vermont Medical Center embodies the standards. And we have to meet certain uh, metrics in terms of not outcomes, but in terms of engagement and showing that our nursing staff have a role in decision-making and all of those other pillars. But what really separates Pathway from Magnet is that in order to become designated, the ANCC surveys all of our nursing staff. And so exactly to your point, Leslie, it's boots on the ground. If we don't do our job, if we don't actually build an environment that supports our nurses and they don't feel it, then they're gonna fill out that survey and be like, no, my organization doesn't provide me opportunities for professional development leadership, shared decision-making, well-being, quality, safety, and then we won't get designated. And so truth be told, I actually love that aspect of this framework is that we have to do a good job and we have to really make this an amazing place to work. We have to actually make it an amazing place to work, not just speak to it on a piece of paper. And our nurses are the ones who are going to guide this.
0: Right. We'll get told on by By. the survey.
2: (laughs) That's right. That's right. And you know, we need at least 60% of our nursing staff have to complete that survey. And at least 50% of the nursing staff have to say that we met or exceeded every single item on that survey. Wow. It's not nothing, you know, and it's a really big, I don't want to say challenge, but we have a lot of work to do because there are areas where we're meeting the standards and everyone knows it. There are areas where we're Meeting the standards and no one knows it, and we haven't communicated that well, and our nursing staff don't know what is available to them here, you know, in any one of those areas. And then there are areas that we're not meeting the standard, and we actually have to build a system or structure to to be better. And so that's what we're working on.
1: Yeah. So uh, that was my next question. Talk to us about uh, we all, not all of us, but a lot of us took the the initial preliminary survey. Yeah. Uh, and where did we fall? How did we do? Where do we need the most work? Yeah.
2: Well, the there were the six different areas, and when you broke down the assessment results by area, there was one area that we did not have a single question where we exceeded the 50% threshold, and that was well-being. So wow, okay. well-being, okay, okay. we did not exceed a single uh, 50% benchmark for any of the items under well-being. And so, and which is interesting because of all of the areas, well-being is actually, an area that we do have a lot of offerings. So in that respect, we were able to sort of determine that staff are probably very unaware of a lot of the opportunities to support their well-being that they can access through the institution and are not maybe connecting some of the things that we do offer here with a well-being initiative. So we are going to have to probably build some new things but more in that particular category we're going to need to work a lot on communication and saying here are all the resources that are available here are ways you can access those resources and these are things that the hospital has put into place to try to support you know staff well-being so you know but but there are certainly areas within that that we don't have and that we're going to work to build as well So that one definitely stood out. And then leadership stood out as well in that many staff felt that their managers were exceptional and accessible. But beyond the managers, higher up, They felt that they couldn't as readily answer questions about accessibility or succession planning or onboarding for those in a director role or a VP role or a CNO role. And those are important pieces as well. And so we have a lot of education to do there and some things to build.
1: Yeah, so I wonder, and you let me know if this is wrong, because I can't remember the exact during well-being, but I also wonder is, does well-being talk about you know how well staffed uh, a unit is so that they are feeling like supported. So if you're going into work every day and you're you feel like your staffing levels are low and you're working hard, that's going to affect your well-being. Like Absolutely. if you feel like you can't get um your vacation time or you can't get um your the schedule you want, I feel like those are going things that are going to affect well-being. Does it address that at
2: all? Yeah, it totally does. I mean, so some of the things have to do with how does the organization help support against compassion fatigue? Yep. How does the organization help support against physical fatigue? So just looking through actually the evidence of practice standards, one is describe how the organization assesses the health of its employees. That's actually something we are doing through employee uh, wellness, but not as obviously is what we used to. If you remember, you used to be able to take a survey and say, like, have you seen your primary care doctor? Have you gone to the dentist? Have you had your blood pressure checked? You can earn $25, you know? And so people were more readily aware of, you know, our organization supporting the overall health of our well-being, excuse me, health of our employees. One of them described how senior leadership integrates employee well-being and resilience into strategic planning. Another one described how the organization asked direct care nurses for suggestions specific to well-being initiatives to be offered in the future. So these are the sum of the well-being criteria. Describe how the organization involves direct care nurses in the one planning and two evaluation of well-being initiatives selected for implementation. Number this one speaks to yours. Describe how the organization provides opportunities for nurses to create work schedules that support nurse well-being. There is not one that speaks to specifically staffing within the well-being section. But, if you have poor staffing, you're not going to feel supported in combating compassion fatigue or uh, potentially a work life balance that works for you. Um we have or
0: or even maybe getting to some of the initiatives that are planned. If you don't have good staffing, you might not be able to get coverage or or somebody to like, "Hey, can you cover my lunch hour so I can go check out this?" I don't know, biometrics thing or whatever, Absolutely. you know, like exactly. you know, that all makes a difference. Yeah,
2: exactly. And actually some of what you're mentioning also shows up in our safety pillars, your yeah. safety pillar, because safety is, you know, your day-to-day safety, but, you know, from potential bullying or incivility mixed colleagues, but also safety from patients who are wishing to cause harm. But part of safety also is, things like succession planning and knowing that your job is secure and that your role is secure, whether there's turnover at the leadership level. So safety looks at some of those more tangible day-to-day things as well as the broader pictures of what impacts your ability to feel safe within your position. There's a few different things there.
1: Yeah, I feel like especially well-being is really can be very much dependent on how somebody does describes that well-being, right? So how somebody defines it, Um, you know, for some people, it might be, I want, I need time in my life to have these things happen. So, like, I need time in my life to go to therapy or to yoga or to think, you know, those things. Mm -hmm. And then some people, it might be, I just need to be able to have a work-life balance so I can go to school. So I think, like, there's things that well-being effects and so it's going to be I I think it's just going to be challenging to really get that to to implement that that on a broad level I think you've got your work cut out for you
2: (laughs) that's for sure girls I sure do but I do love a challenge and I'm not afraid to uh to lean into the hard conversations you know and all we can do is the best we can do and worst case scenario a year from now we're exactly where we started best case scenario we've made small change and work towards a bigger goal so exactly Yeah,
1: I, I definitely have seen a lot of your hard work and you are, you're killing it, girl. You were really, <laughs> be, this, week,
0: this week in general, oh. I mean, every week you've been making it feel like Nurses Week, mm-hmm. you know, like this week oh. in general, like obviously we we kind of amp amp it up a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think this pathway conversation definitely has people talking.
2: I hope so, I hope so. And I know that, you know, some of the, feedback I'd gotten in the beginning. And I think the tone that maybe still resonates with some folks is like, why is this any different? You know, we've come in with these hot ideas and everybody talks a big game and spends money on branding or whatever, and then it burns out and it fizzles out and it never goes anywhere. You know, why is this any different? Or folks say, you know, like, we're never going to achieve that. We have contention when it comes to bargaining or we have lots of turnover in a leadership position sometimes, or, you know, everybody has come into this with different experiences. I think part of what's most important about the pathway journey is validating those experiences and meeting people where they're at. And I am 100% one of those people who experienced those same things everyone else did of staffing shortages and travelers and cynicism and burnout. And those are realities that all of us have faced and are valid and are important to acknowledge. We've experienced a collective trauma as nursing staff in Uh these last few years, Uh and we cannot pretend that that didn't happen, nor is that the right thing to do in a general sense. I think right now, we're, we're working on a space of healing and love and support And some folks are ready to receive that and some folks aren't, and that's okay, you know? And the most important thing is to just continue to be available for everyone and, and spread a lot of, of joy and positivity. And, and uh, again, just like at the end of it, love, you know, like we, we are all human beings. We need to connect as humans. We need to focus on humanity and on acknowledging each other as people and our institution needs to work on supporting us, not just as nurses, but also as people. And that is really going to be part of the way that we succeed when we move forward. And maybe it'll happen this round and maybe it won't, but I do think it's the right I, thing to yeah, do.
0: I like what you said too. I mean, I think probably as a nurse leader, I, it's interesting because you said there's a lot of turnovers in the nursing leadership type side of things. And I think it's important to remember that as nurse leaders, we're supporting nurses that are supporting patients, right? Yes. And it and it's really important to have healthy, happy, engaged nurses to stay as a ha- happy, healthy, yes. engaged nurse leader. Because it, uh, right. otherwise, it like the burnout, like you just feel it so acutely. So that's another way that this sort of affects leadership in a good way is that the happier and healthier and more engaged our nursing staff can be, leadership is able to feel, you know, feel that and be a little bit more
2: buoyant in that as well, and and maybe get some traction in different directions. What is great about the Pathway Framework is it's about all of nursing. It is about right. leadership being supported. How do we onboard our managers? How do we support our managers? How do how do we train our managers so that they're ready to succeed? And what do we do to support nurses who are interested in a path of leadership? Correct. Yep. The pathway framework, is, and I think you know what, Leslie. I think we have a lot of work to do on supporting our managers, because we acknowledge the day to day struggle of our direct care nurses, and that is very real. We sometimes don't talk as much about our managers and our assistant right. nurse managers and our educators yep. and the tremendous yep. role that they have the workload that they have the challenges that they might have kind of trying to both balance keeping your you know your nurses happy and supported with the needs of productivity and the financial aspects of running an institution and so i think we have a lot of work to do in that mm-hmm. area because you're 100% right having a engaged satisfied connected manager makes or breaks a unit and that that's just the truth of the matter and yep. so anything that we can do to see that the see the staff that have aspirations to be leaders and supporting them to pursue those goals and aligning people with their passions and acknowledging if they're in your area and that's not their passion that's okay let's help find them yes, their, exactly. their spot you know yep, let's help exactly. find them their place they're meant to be yep. and working together as a big team not you know, necessarily unit to unit or inpatient outpatient or days to nights. We're all part of this big nursing family. And ultimately, this is our community that we're trying to keep safe and healthy. And we all live here and these are our families too. So I think that just refocusing on that, that connection that we all share and supporting every level of nurse is a pursuit worth doing for sure.
1: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I do too. And I think sometimes as staff nurses, we forget that, like, we get a lot of our value from the feedback from patients and, like, how, you know, like, the gratitude that we get. We sometimes forget that that is also why a nurse manager, um, what happens with a nurse manager. So if all of the time that you're getting with that nurse manager is, like, this is what's wrong, this is what's wrong, this is what's wrong, instead of, Thank you. Thank you for fixing that problem. Thank you for, you know, um allowing me to have like a little flexible schedule today or next week or whatever it is. Like like just remembering like they need as much gratitude too. Like you they yeah. need to be feeling uh, valued in their position. And I think sometimes as as staff nurses, we forget that piece of it.
2: I think you're right. I think and I can really appreciate that coming from, you know, 21 years of direct patient care into an administrative role. It's a different way of approaching your profession. And you do have, and you do end up restructuring sort of how you view yourself and your role in the world. And I think that we, we need a lot more recognition and appreciation of one another. And also acknowledging that like our managers, it's, I believe it's a selfless act to step into management. You have, you, all of us, for the most part, you know, when you go to nursing school, I don't know that many people go to nursing school hoping to be a manager. Many people go to nursing school hoping to take amazing care of patients and connect with other humans and heal and help and feel that purpose and that joy. And so to step into a managerial role is, it's such a labor of love. And it's seeing this bigger picture. And so I think the support needs to go in both ways.
1: Right. Like instead of taking care of patients, you're taking care of nurses, which, you know, I think a really important role to have. It is.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's so great, Mindy. I just, I love this conversation. I think it's important. I think we should check in in like six months and
2: see where you're at. I would love that. I think my biggest ask of all of the listeners would be to help us understand how to better connect with you. We do have a UVMMC Pathway to Excellence Facebook page. We have information on the Nurses Hub on SharePoint. We'll have this amazing podcast. We're trying not to bombard folks with emails, but ultimately a huge part of our work is going to be communication. Communicating will already exist. And then when we build new things, we want to make sure everyone knows about it. And so I think any any feedback or input folks have about how we can reach you and provide you the support you might need or solicit your ideas for ways to make improvements. This whole initiative is about our nurses. It's for our nurses. It's by our nurses. And it's going to be made, you know, it's going to kind of be a make or break based on all of our nurses. And and so I think that I I want to make sure I'm really accessible and that everyone knows how to participate in this initiative because it's it's an initiative for all of you, you know, and for me and for our our leaders and everyone, you know, it's it's an initiative that I don't want to sit back and say this is what I think well being looks like for folks. I need people to tell me so that I can build something meaningful that will be sustainable. And yeah. but that does take participation and feedback from everyone. And so help me help you, as they might say in Jerry Maguire, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> help I me help it. you, you know. <laughs> Flash, show me the money. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we could. Yeah, we yeah, that too. <laughs> I will say, somebody asked, "Well, if we do this, will we get raises?" And I said, "Here's the thing: is that the bottom line of this institution is definitely impacted by expenditures like travelers." And I will say that if we have an improvement in retention and an improvement in recruitment, and we have dedicated nursing staff that are here to stay, that feel engaged and supported, have work-life balance, our institution will thrive. And yeah. that is beneficial for everyone, both exactly. from a positive practice environment, as well as from a financial aspect. Yeah. So there's no, it's it's you a win-win. Yeah. Yep. If we can be successful, it. Yeah. it will benefit everyone in the long run, for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, if you there's anything that you want to just kind of do a quick plug-in on the podcast, just let us know. Um, yeah. I think this is a good, you know, S- service announcement. If you yeah. want to come in and be like, I
0: have a, I have a public service announcement, and yeah, <laughs> and we can I do that. I've got podcast daily public forward.
2: service announcements. I feel like check <laughs> yeah. out my Facebook Live, which I just figured out how to do. So now, poor, poor everyone is just going to see my face all the time because I'm all jazzed to like talk. Yeah. It's just easier to talk than type it all out. And okay. anyway, so no, that's cool. great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for allowing me to to share on your podcast. Let me know how I can help with anything, anywhere, ever. Yeah, Um, (laughs)
0: absolutely.
2: And I'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, Yeah, I know. Thanks, Mindy. We really appreciate you. Yeah, I I really appreciate you guys. All right, bye, guys. Bye. Bye.
0: about you, really, and your, your cool position.
3: All right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Just so everybody out there who's listening, all 100,000 of you. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Leslie, and I used to work way back in the day, night shift on uh, what was shift for un- uh, inpatient oncology, and then now... Almost nine mm, years. Nine years. I worked two night shifts <laughs> and then freaked out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Nine years ago? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mike was an LNA and then I forced him to, I forced him to like precept with me. Basically. I was like, I was like, you're going to, I'm going to precept you. <laughs> and then now
0: look at you. You're all yep.
3: All grown up, all, grown, all up. grown up, became a nurse and
0: yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was a wacky, that was a wacky process too, because you went to Portsmouth, New Hampshire and you were, you hey. still had your family here and you were like yeah. down there and
3: oh, I forgot a, about that. A, course on how to be a nurse yeah your bsn within 16 months done in manchester new hampshire so by the third day you were taking a test whatever you were learning that day
1: all right so tell us your new role because this is what we're here to talk
0: about yeah so yeah we want to
1: hear
3: Wrong. everything the new role okay i even like printed off this little like cheat sheet for me here uh, <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> So this this new role, actually it, I guess uh, thought of like before COVID, they were gonna like plan on rolling it out and then COVID came and that kind of like pumped the brakes on this project. That's
1: so surprising. COVID didn't do much at all. Did, COVID didn't pump the brakes on
0: anything but <laughs> yeah. your position. Yeah.
3: <laughs> there were no budgetary issues, nothing like that. Oh no, kind of. no, no. Yeah. So but there was a work a work group of nurse managers, assistant managers, ANCs and directors and they were trying to figure out how to provide more clinical and leadership support for the off-shift employees. So what they did is they surveyed Night Shift staff and found that these were kind of the top four things that Night Shift wanted. 62% said they wanted a clinically strong leader who can assist them with staff development, particularly new hires, and step into the most complicated patient care situations if needed. 50% said a leader on the unit who can observe and understand and how to remove barriers to us to being, to being able to do our best and provide patient care. 49 said a uh, leader who can be a sounding board, um, someone who can go for advice on a dilemma, keep conversations confidential, solicit continuing improvement ideas. 48% said a leader on the off shift who we see every day is able to accurately evaluate our performance, timely feedback uh, for you know work that they're doing. So uh-huh. so what kind of boiled out from that was I think originally they wanted a CNS for each unit and then they kind of narrowed the scope down to six positions total. A
0: CNS clinical C- nurse
3: supervisor.
0: Supervisor. Okay. okay.
3: Yeah. Th- there was a lot of debate on that because I think there's like CNSs which are clinical nurse specialists. Specialists, but yes. they want a supervisor because they wanted more of a managerial uh take to, take it. to it. Yeah. So They have six of them total that they would like to fill. Uh, Right now, there's three that are running. So it's the medicine, surgical, critical care, and then maternal child, emergency, psychiatry, float, and uh, support services. So they kind of broke it down by department. So I cover all the medicine units in the hospital. Uh, The surgical does all the surgicals, including inpatient rehab, which is nice. The critical care covers the ICUs, maternal child does all the babies and the peds emergency and psych which they haven't started yet but that's supposed to cover the ed psych and patient support and then float support services is supposed to be for resource cpsas VAT, and emergency response nurses so that's like the overall goal is that they would eventually have six of us on all working together right now the surgical one just left for a better job for her
0: <laughs> wait, wait,
3: <laughs> wait. <laughs> her schedule. Yeah, for her schedule.
1: Oh okay gotcha. Uh, okay. Yeah.
3: <laughs> okay. And they have a critical care one, medicine me, and they have a maternal child one that's just starting, starting in April, I believe. So she's still on orientation. So the surgical one's posted. If anyone interested in that. Yeah, that was kind of like the background on it.
0: So what do you, you know? do day to night right. to night?
1: Right. Like, like what do you right. actually
3: do? Walk a, us through an evening. Walk us through a night in the life of Mike.
1: So what time do you come in, Mike? Is it the well, seven to seven or no?
3: Seven? So the, the great thing about this job is it's salaried. So I can kind of make my own hours uh for that for that week. So I you know well most of my shifts are seven on seven p.m on they can be any time from 1,500 on essentially uh, starting yeah evenings, nights, weekends are really what they're looking for coverage. Yep. So I do 40 hours. So I do four shifts, uh, two 12s, two two eight, And then it's kind of like a mix of whatever that week works for me. So it's like a monthly calendar of what my shifts are going to be for that month. But yeah, like coming on shift, you know, I'll review all the, the day shift emails that I get from <laughs> from that day. And uh, I'll meet up with the rapid response nurses and the ANC and whoever else is on for CNS. We all have a little powwow at 1930, kind of just figure out if there's any sick people, if there's anything that needs to be like any stuff that came up at change of shift that needs to be taken care of. Um, And then after that, it's rounding on the different units, being out there doing a lot of walking, (laughs) rounding on all those units, checking in what their like staffing is seeing if they need any help with figuring that out if there's any sick acute patients checking in on that if there's any difficult patients like relating to family issues or whatever kind of getting the lay of the land and figuring out if they need help with any of those situations yeah after that it's mostly responding to any code eights code blues rapid responses on on those units so the CNS will go to those units if there is one of those going on. I review safe reports for all of those units. I've actually been consulted in a few of them, you know, from management being like, hey, can you check in with this night nurse about what happened, stuff like that.
0: So how is it different than the ANC?
3: So it's there is a another little, like, chart that they made. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's pretty similar to an ANC. You know, timekeeping we're not doing. Time changes, we're not doing. Building, like, the schedule, we're not doing that stuff. But, like, staffing challenges, staffing strategies, we're working with the charge nurses to help them try to figure out how to staff if they're understaffed. I remember one night, a nootropinic patient got on to Baird 4, and I had to call beds and be like, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on. we got to get them to Miller 5 and all this other stuff. So, kind of, you know, A&C didn't even know about it, you know, because it was just... Something so micro that yeah. they're a global picture that they kind of miss that. You know, mentoring and coaching, we're all doing as supervisors, corrective action. So the ANC doesn't necessarily do like corrective action or they can, but like I can do a little bit more and assist uh, with the day uh, management on that action. So if something were to happen the nurse sleeping at the end of the hall, let's say, you know, at, <laughs> you know, for an hour, right, I could go down there, talk to them. And then if there is any corrective action, have a meeting with the daytime management all together and try to figure out a, a plan for them. Performance evaluations. So for me, I do workday feedbacks. Oh, okay. If I notice that you know, a nurse did a great job handling something, I'll put that feedback in there. And then that way the management can see it. And that way it kind of like gives a little bit more, you know, the, the nurse gets it so they feel like recognized the management can actually like use it in their evals, which is nice. So like, yep. say you you did this, you know. And
1: I was wondering if you like um, met with managers, and you know, I know that was something that was always uh, said of night shift. Like, I don't really feel like my manager ever sees what I do. It was always nice to have somebody being there to be like, oh, this person does does X, Y, and Z on night shift. I don't know. Do you ever talk to the managers and be and give them that kind of feedback?
3: Oh yeah. Yeah, I have a I have a meeting like planner, you know, with the daytime management um, on teams, whether or not we meet that week is dependent on what happened, you know, so if something happened on the unit that week overnight, I'll kind of meet with them and be like, hey, you know, like person seems to be struggling or this person did great during a rapid response, you know, stuff like that, playing that dialogue going. I'm kind of like the liaison between the night shift staff and like the daytime management, Um, because you're right, like it sometimes it just doesn't line up where you see your manager. So and then the other kind of side of this job is the educator side. So I do a lot of the nursing education stuff. Um, So the glucometers, I was the new glucometers that we have. I was onboarding all the night shift people on those and what else? Uh, Restraints. We had the restraints you know, update. So, update, you know, doing all the competencies for that. So, that's kind of different than the ANC. The ANC wouldn't necessarily be doing bucometer training on people, but it is very similar to the ANC. We worked really closely together, Tori and I. <laughs> oh, <fun>. the <laughs> on, on, yeah. yeah. ANC. She is okay. the
1: night ANC right now. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Tori Forsyth. Yeah, you know. I feel like like right now we're the
0: OG. Yeah, we're the OG.
3: (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, she'll, like, you know, text me and be like, hey, I'm going up to this. I I have this issue. And, you know, we'll both kind of tag team, you know, whether or not there's a code aid issue. Someone, like, wants to talk to management, whether it's her or me or both of us or kind of we kind of work together on those kind of things. They're kind of like the ultimate decision maker on a lot of things. So I can tell them like, hey, I think this needs to happen. And then they can say yes or no. We work really well together, all of the ANCs on nights and us. So, you know, we both kind of respect each other's decisions. That's really, it's really nice. It's good for them because they can come to a rapid and usually I'm already there and I can be like, they need a unit bed and they can kind of like get the ball rolling on getting a unit bed or Yeah. yeah, there's a code eight. You know, just saying like, hey, this this person's been nasty to everyone all night or they they need a drug drug room search. You know, they have drugs. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. You know, so. Yeah. So we, we work really closely together. I guess it would just be like if like your management was there and the ANC was also there. Like uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm a little bit more of like the management, the manager there. And, you know, they're more of like the global reach. Yeah.
1: It's giving it's giving night shift that extra you know layer of support,
3: layer of support, especially
0: because there's a lot of new nurses on night. So it's probably yeah. really helpful yeah. to have somebody that's a little bit more focused on you know like you said it was side load out for medicine and psych ed so that it give, yeah it gives that level of support to a specific population by some particular people
1: right and they're not always feeling like they're they're making these decisions that maybe they're they're uncomfortable with or yep. out of the scope of, of what they feel like they should be and so yeah no i think that's great to have that yeah.
3: The ANC is a great, you know, resource for those night shift people. You know, once again, it's not, it's not as like tailored. Well, as, the like,
1: ANC is covering the whole hospital, right? So yeah. 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 Yeah, it's very hard to cover, especially, you know, in that nuanced way to really be able to support at a micro level.
3: Yeah. I mean, like if I over here, i like, the station, like someone's like, oh, I've never like done blood cultures off of a pick line. I'm like, okay, look, let's go. Let's go do it. Like, I'll come in and help you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and like the C wouldn't necessarily have time to like park themselves to do blood cultures to show a new nurse, you know, so it's, it's really fun in that sense because you're really, yeah.
0: you still yeah. have some patient, some patient contact.
3: Yep. Yeah. And and you know, you kind of see like, you know, the, the light bulbs turn on in people's heads, which is nice, you know, yep. when they get it, they're like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yep.
1: Right. And yeah, it seems like pretty dynamic in terms of you kind of have a managerial, you have an education piece, you have a uh, patient sided piece. That's pretty that's a pretty cool.
3: Jack of all trade, master of none, as I say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We trained you well. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, And so you like that you like the decision you made leaving the bedside and doing this
3: uh yeah yeah no i think it's great it's a it's i was already doing it on miller five and now i'm doing it on a grander scale so you know on onboarding new nurses and stuff like that on you know miller five still being the same resource you know to them as a charge nurse but now i'm doing it on a more global scale yeah there's some nights where it's okay then there's some nights where i am i'm running (laughs)
0: yeah right i I feel you
3: Yeah, you walk (laughs) on the unit and you're like, what is going on here?
1: (laughs) Is there two (laughs) full moons out there?
3: (laughs) 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 I usually Uh, have two units that that are like a little dicey, and then the other two are okay. Overnight, you know, it's always like, there's two units that are just like on fire so as long as two of them are okay then i'm okay but yeah
0: do you sit at do you go to each unit for a few hours is that sort of the plan or do you end up sometimes like on one unit like you're on miller five for four hours then you're like oh man i gotta go check my other units
3: yeah i mean i i don't like i don't like to hover over people i mean i'll do my rounds the check-ins rounds might be a half an hour checking with new nurses that i know Checking with travelers that are that are new that I know that I've noticed. I don't like to hover over people because I think that that kind of gets them scared. You know, they're not used to having a manager on night shift, kind of like Mm -hmm. watching their every move. So, I mean, I'll I'll round on them and then, you know, but there are times when I'm kind of just stuck on a unit. You know, and that's just the nature of the beast. So if they need help answering lights or, you know, and it's just like admissions and lights and just, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. I'm usually on that unit. I could be on a unit. Yeah. For three. I look at the clock and it's like three hours later. and am like, oops, so oh, no one else has needed me. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. cool.
1: I mean, that's how the C always work too, though, right? Like you would sometimes there's be nights where you're like, we need you now yeah. for a long time. And then other nights where you might not see them all night. So what does it say? So in nights, you're still sticking with nights, huh?
3: Yeah, still still on night.
1: And tell us what jobs are open. So people are looking for new
0: for new experience. Well, you just said the med surge one, right?
3: The surgical one is up Oh, surgical. Yep. And the critical care is taken. Maternal child is taken. And then I don't know when they're going to plan on doing the emergency psych slash the float one. That's a cool one. Yeah. So those two are kind of interesting. And I don't know. We're having like a one-year kind of check-in because uh, this has been running for about a year now. Next week, we're kind of getting like feedback from management and feedback from us and making sure we have everything situated.
1: Do you know if any other hospitals do something like this? Or was this something that was created by UVM for UVM?
3: I've heard that other hospitals will have like a night assistant manager on, on all the units. You know, they'll have like just a nighttime manager manager that comes in and they do and they do like all the, you know, workday feedback or they do all like their evaluations. You know, they'll do like the scheduling for the night shift people and stuff like that. So I have heard of that. And that's kind of what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it is definitely a mash between like clinical nurse specialist and then like an assistant manager
1: that's cool it's a cool job yeah a really cool job and I think it's really interesting that I mean it's very innovative feels like I agree and also if it's successful which it seems to be like something that can be then taken to a conference and set and shown like this is what we do these are the outcomes we've had in terms of like staff experience and how staff like this and you know I think that's Super valuable and should and possibly needs to be shared. Yeah. So good to
0: talk to you. I know.
1: I <laughs> yeah.
2: know.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks, Mike, for joining us. We're gonna um let people know about this position. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Thanks for all the work you're doing. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Yeah. No. No problem. It's it's a great position for anyone who's interested. Rachel Bouvier is my manager. So. Oh yeah, she's great. Resource manager. If anyone has like questions about it, they can always reach out to her.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Bye.